0: This is a car show, but it's also more because cars connect us to every part of our lives, families, careers, hobbies and adventures
1: we never expected. So you should have a car you love. And we're here to help.
0: I'm Paul. I'm Todd. And this is the everyday driver car debate. It is Friday. Welcome back to the podcast. and I just have to say personally, I am ready for a Friday. It's been one of those weeks. (laughs) Yes, it has. There's been so much going on. I mentioned to you earlier this week, and I I won't go into all of it with all of you nice listeners, but... I had so much going on this week, I decided I found what my full level is. When you like brain, brain hits full and starts to like ping, I had those moments this week. So thank you for listening to the podcast. Thank you guys for being back with us. We hope you will watch our video dropping today, which we're very excited about. The Nismo Z versus the Mustang Dark Horse versus the GR Super. And I will let you know right now, in case you are one of those people where why are we driving sports cars like this, they're all automatics because the Nismo only comes as an automatic. So we went, all right, all right. <laughs> you we'll see what we will bring automatics then, right? of the rest. Yeah, <laughs> it
1: mm-hmm. only comes in automatic. And the GR Super only came out in automatic. I mean, maybe the Nismo comes out later with a manual. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. how it should should have come out now. Let's hope so, but yes. But Toyota pulled that trick on us, and so we yep. figured, you know what, let's just do all automatics. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. We're really grateful that you're with us. Porsche has dropped the all-EV Macan on us. Mm-hmm. Porsche's first BEV SUV. Mm-hmm acronyms yes every company has acronyms when i worked at autodesk the acronyms were overwhelming and i know (laughs) there's so many people listening that feel the pain of their company's acronyms yes Mm -hmm. but nevertheless here's this ev the macan 4 and the macan turbo they've got a lot of power 402 horsepower and 479 pound-feet of torque in the macan 4 Mm -hmm. 630 horsepower and 833 pound-feet of torque in the macan turbo that is not a turbo. It's not a compressor well, the anymore, Macan, It's just a marketing The Macon
0: 4 is also not a four-cylinder. I'm just going to put it it's out there. It's not 4 cylinder. Mean, I mean, it's, it's all-wheel all drive. drive. I understand. So, but okay. yeah, so we've got all-wheel drive maybe and then turbo. And then it's, they all have rear-wheel steering, which is interesting. Yes. They all have super high-capacity batteries for high-speed charging if you can find a good high-speed charger. One of the interesting things I think is fascinating is – Porsche clearly had big pictures of the Model Y on the wall with the stats think? listed beside it because this is, they're, they're making a big deal of the fact that this is both faster and quicker than the Tesla Model Y performance. What I mean by that is the zero to 60 of the turbo is faster and the top speed is higher.
1: I'm sure Tesla's just gonna roll over and be like, well, they got us. <laughs> I'm sure that's gonna happen. Oh man, Porsche came through and we're, we're sunk, guys. Well, Everybody the, should just go home.
0: The Model Y is one of the best selling vehicles in the world which I think is fascinating because brief side rant here. Generally, if you think about, look back through stats, the vehicles that are best-selling in the world are rarely the best to drive. They are one of those vehicles. <laughs> Camrys. Camrys. F-150s. Yes. The Taurus. <laughs> the t- oh. Think about it. Seriously. Oh. Think about the vehicles that have been like the worldwide mass best. I said sellers. that word. And generally, oh. they are not great to drive. They are those, those vehicles that do a really good job of being like sevens, In every category. Sevens, maybe eights in every category. That's what they do, okay? They aren't outstanding in anything. Keep in mind the Tesla Model Y, which I think is the least interesting product that Tesla makes, is the Model Y. It's the one I would take last. Yes. But it is one of the, the solar best. solar shingles are the most interesting product.
1: Sorry. <laughs> it is the best-selling <laughs>
0: vehicle. One of the best-selling vehicles in the world. So Porsche clearly has seen that market and gone, that's a market we can can feed into. And now they get to brag about it being, I don't know, bigger, better, faster, whatever. Look, I haven't seen too many res-
1: reports on the actual range, of course, Your range may vary. Uh,
0: It will vary, It depends
1: on the conditions, and it depends on how you drive it. But they're claiming 4,400 pounds of towing for the Macan. And right now on Porsche's newsroom, I am seeing for the Macan 4 613 kilometers of range, which is 380 miles, Mm -hmm. and 591 kilometers
0: of range, which is 367 miles for the turbo. Tesla has, has been known to... Uh, Not exaggerate, but be very optimistic about their range. And Porsche has been known to be very conservative. So I'm going to suggest that those numbers from Porsche are probably fairly close. Okay. Generally, when Tesla brags a number, it doesn't come in quite that high. But Porsche has been good about it. So we'll see what those are. I also think it's interesting they're continuing to sell the gasoline Macan. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is the EV Macan, which has yes. new styling. I am hoping that as they release things like the Boxster and the Cayman as electric, they continue to offer those as gasoline as well. I, I would like to as well. The big question on my mind with this and all of the electrics coming this year and the next few years is the early adopters have early adopted already. <laughs> okay so yeah. so so now yeah. we're getting into how many general people actually want one and the larger problem with EVs is how many can afford one I saw one article that was talking about how for Porsche this is really affordable I was like yes but the base one's 80 grand and the turbo starts at $106,950 so we're still not an electric car for the masses at all this is interesting and all and I want to drive it but I don't know that the take up is going to be huge on this vehicle in in the in the grand scheme and and I and I'm not even just pointing out the Macan EV I'm just saying I'm very curious to see the actual sales life of electric vehicles over the next year
1: well Tesla just revised their quarterly estimates things are I think more getting more aligned with reality is weird uh, huh is what I'm I'm seeing but this is built on the Volkswagen PPE mm-hmm. modular EV platform currently it's not shared by too much but you know it's coming it's only the audi a6 e-tron and the q6 e-tron right now but as you said more might be coming with the cayman and boxster because they're also looking at this platform for the 718 gt4 e-performance version okay sure with the same platform so my big issue with it without having driven it is that this will be just like the Audi version and the Volkswagen version and the Saturn version. and the Sorry, (laughs) but you know what I mean. (laughs) It's gonna be the Saturn and the Pontiac and the Chevy and the GMC.
0: You're not wrong. It'll be the
1: Cadillac and the- (laughs) You're not wrong. I'm worried about mm -hmm. that. So you look at the styling and you can see it. What looks like a cool body kit, because it sits low, Mm, it looks mm. very substantial the designers played a trick again, and designers are being tasked with doing this more and more to hide the visual mass of EVs because of that skateboard platform. And so that entire lower rocker, a significant portion of it, front and rear and the rockers on the side, that is all blacked out. So it gives a visual light weight to the car. But if you look at it, it actually looks pretty heavy. It looks like it's already wearing an aftermarket body kit, but that is the battery. That's the floor <laughs> of the car right there that it's trying to hide. And it just, it's changed the proportion. So it, it, not only will it be heavy, it looks heavy to my mm-hmm. eye. Mm-hmm. There's no real way to get around it. And I do think they've done a great job on evolutionary styling. It does feel very Porsche to me. But my big issue is, will it drive like a Porsche? Will it feel
0: like what we all know Porsches to be like? Well, and also to the point you made before, will it drive different than the things that shares the platform? because that is something I'm I'm genuinely concerned about here. I agree with that. Now, at least the prior Macan was related to the Q5, and they definitely felt different. Yes, yes. But we have seen with the MQB platform that Volkswagen used everything for (laughs) how much they all felt the same. Yes. So now that we're talking about a shared EV platform, it is definitely a risk. I mean, we'll see how it plays out. We haven't driven it yet. I remain to see what the reality is dawning on this part of the market. I guess they have to try it because yep. the platform exists. So Porsche
1: might as well build this.
0: And everybody's talking about you must make enough EVs for regulations. Must make EVs as the regulations keep changing. So we'll yeah. see.
1: Well, I mentioned Cadillac, and they have just updated the CT five Blackwing with a big interior display just like the Escalade. Which is awesome because that's a
0: great actual interior. It it's is. a really it looks good display. You know what? We yeah. still
1: haven't driven that and this I think gives us reason to drive that new model.
0: I would like to drive the updated version because that's the right That's interior, the one for that sure. we need to yeah, get into. Good.
1: But also Cadillac just qualified one and two in the GTP class for the 2024 Daytona 24 hours race. That will be the 27th and 28th of January 2024. Mm. The GTP class qualifications, Cadillac car number 31, did it in 132, uh, just over 132. And so did car number one, Cadillac car number one. Tenths of a second behind the, the first qualifying car. So Cadillac has come to play but good news, the Porsche 963, car number 7 qualified just a stutter <laughs> step behind the Cadillac. So you Porsche is still in there,
0: baby. <laughs> I was you were way off. Talk about Cadillac. Oh wait, there's Porsche. There it, was, it is. They were it,
1: all yes. qualified in the 132 minute range and they're they're thousands of seconds off, which is crazy. So I'm very excited that racing is getting kicked off for the mm-hmm. 2024 season, and we shall see. But uh, yeah, some big names, big driver names. Uh, but Cadillac is coming to play, which sort of bodes well for the Andretti Formula One entry, does it not? Like, you know, Cadillac is we'll serious. See. They've upgraded we'll the see. Blackwing, they're still committed mm-hmm. to manual mm-hmm. transmissions here, and they're doing well with Daytona qualifying. See how the race unfolds.
0: We're celebrating the new year with new products from our friends at Griot's Garage. Wintertime means you might be stuck inside, but you can still clean your car with the ceramic, rinseless wash. It lifts dirt, grime, and contaminants and leaves behind a ceramic shield that enhances water beading and self-cleaning ability. But if you're getting out the hose, Griot's now offers car wash pods. Just like the pods you
1: use for a clothes washer, drop one of these in your wash bucket for the perfect amount of soap. These car
0: wash pods even work with foaming sprayers and foam cannons too. Or if your winter project has faded trim, and many of them do, try the Satin Finish Ceramic Trim Restorer that renews those old trim pieces and is even good for tires. Plus, there's plastic all in one to remove fine scratches and swirl marks and restore dull plastic surfaces.
1: Just remember, all Griot's Garage products are 100% guaranteed and all liquid products are made in the USA. When you're ordering at griotsgarage.com, use the code DRIVER10 for 10% off everything on your order. That's G-R-I-O-T-S. Enjoy the finest quality car care products you can buy at Griosgarage.com. Michael S. is in California. He's searching for options. Michael, thank you for writing. Earlier in 2023, Michael bought his wife, Sarah, a Tesla Model Y when Tesla lowered prices. Again,
0: one of the most successful cars <laughs> on the planet. You remember all that. Uh-huh. Tesla's yes. lowered prices. How did yes. that
1: make the people that just bought it the week before, did, how did they feel about
0: the, that? The word is angry. Angry. Yeah, that's what it was. <laughs>
1: Sarah and Michael will trade cars for commuting as the Model Y has the HOV lane stickers in California and mm-hmm. Michael's old Model 3 has expired stickers as of the new year as of 2024. Those
0: stickers are are practically worth more than some cars they're on, no, honestly, yeah.
1: So Michael is now considering a replacement for the Model 3 in the spring,
0: so very soon here that's not for commuting but also for fun. It's for both, commuting but Fun is key and he hasn't worried about that for a while, which is interesting, but it has to be automatic. Yes. Because his wife Sarah doesn't drive manual. His budget is roughly forty thousand dollars or below, and he is refusing any BMW product because he's had four of those. So he says been there, done that. They don't want Audi. They don't need another EV since they have the Model Y already. He also, side note, has a reservation for the Aptera. Remember that thing? I do. I still can't believe they're not out. Well, and, and I'm still wondering if they are coming. It's that thing that looks like a, a, an airplane cockpit on, on a tripod. The Cybertruck cool. is
1: out. Aptera.
0: <laughs> it's your turn cyber now. Cybertruck was conceived after your
1: company was mm-hmm. even started. And where are you? <laughs>
0: his, his wife, Sarah, only will accept a higher nameplate. Now, keep, keep in mind, we've kicked out BMW. We've kicked out Audi. She wants a higher nameplate. She won't accept Genesis as a higher nameplate. And by the way, Cadillac also axed.
1: Michael, Cadillac just qualified 1-2 for Daytona. I mean, Cadillac's awesome. They're racing, luxury. Mm -hmm. Come on. All right, I, I understand. Well, he wants to know what he should add to his list. Michael, really appreciate it. Thank you for being a longtime listener and viewer of our various videos. You do suggest that Macan, which I like. I yeah,
0: he's got three things on the list already. The Alfa Romeo Giulia Ti, the Mini Clubman, because his wife thinks the regular Mini may be too small, and the Porsche Macan base. Those are the ones they're currently looking at. And he wishes, again, keep it in mind high-end brands, he wishes Mercedes was on the list, but all the ones they want don't come at, I mean, unless you get really old, at forty grand or less. So right. they're out. Right. So we I'm got Macan
1: increasing the budget. Julia the budget.
0: <laughs> really, right. a mini Clubman, which I feel like is a bit of a, a curveball, and he doesn't want a Jaguar because there's no Jaguar service near him, and he really tried to convince her that she would like a Challenger, and apparently his son tried even harder, and that fell on deaf ears. No Challenger, no Dodges. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I,
1: I like I said, I like the Macan choice. You need to drive it. I would suggest not going with the base Macan. Can you at least do the Macan S even if you it's You need to get used? away from the four-cylinder. Yeah, Please do not yeah. get the four-cylinder. I think you'll be much happier long-term because this sounds like it'll be around for a little while. Since we're talking about that same platform, Audi SQ5s are thirty-five grand, but you said you don't want an Audi, so okay. I do approve the Julia. That is a great choice. You do need to drive it but I think I have your car. I've got a wild card for you, but I think I have your car. There's just a big problem with it. It is the Acura Integra, the new one. Oh, okay. And you said Sarah wants an automatic, but this comes with a CVT. And we have driven the manual version of the Acura Integra. We just haven't driven the CVT version. And I don't know how much the CVT, because we hate CVTs here. Generally we do, yes. I don't know how much that neuters the car. I don't know what that does to the performance and the drivability of the car but it's a Civic SI with an auto, essentially.
0: Yeah, true, fair. Mm -hmm.
1: We do like the Civic Touring with the CVT. The reason I bring that up is because it gives me hope for the Integra. Mm
0: -hmm. Because we found
1: like, oh no, not a CVT in a Civic. And then we were both
0: (laughs) mildly and pleasantly surprised. We, we, We were surprisingly okay with it. I don't want to overstate. We weren't like, oh, this is fine. We just were like, you know, this isn't that bad. That's where we were, yeah. But keep in mind, we were driving like we drive. We yes. instantly try to right. find the you're edges right.
1: yep. of everything. Mm-hmm. The edges of the transmission, the edges <laughs> of the tires. <laughs> the edge of the road. <laughs> Got it. Yes. Excellent. I don't know that Sarah will be doing that. I don't know that you'll be doing that all yeah. the time because even though it is fun, you say nowhere in here that you're going to be tracking the car or that it needs to do you know some sort of level of performance. You just want some fun. Mm-hmm. And you know what? The Acura Integra is just fun. So you might want to consider that but my wild card for you, there's another okay. big problem with it and you'll know instantly, it is the GR Supra, but it's the 2.0. Mm, okay. They come with an 8-speed auto, good news, but I know they're a BMW engine and you've had it with BMWs, but at least it doesn't have a BMW badge on it. Or you could tease <laughs> it mercilessly and put well, the, the M colors on the exterior of the Supra and you okay. know, tease it and, and acknowledge like, you know what, I'm sick of BMWs, but here I am again. Well, but they're talked about Mini. They did talk about that's true.
0: Alternate badges are acceptable. I think that's good. Yeah.
1: That 2.0 is 37 to $38,000. Every one that I found was right in there. Mm. 37, 38, somewhere in there. And I thought, how about the 2.0? It's still really quick. It's Mm -hmm. still fun to drive. It's actually got a lighter front end. It's very entertaining. You said fun. Could you entertain a Supra? Because it's right in your sweet spot. Spend a little bit less. You've got a fun car you might actually find Sarah choosing that and saying, I'm going to take your Supra because it's just, great it's mm. just so much fun to drive mm. that is my wild card for you but good news the wild card is within budget as is the acura integra look at you i'm just wondering about the cvt and only you can decide whether cvt is good for you ask your doctor if cvt <laughs> if is CVT right
0: he is right for, for you, you. <laughs> we could make that ad and it would horrify all of us <laughs> but we would laugh I, I think this is great stuff michael I, I i agree with paul that the macan is good but what i want to do is i want to get you away from something that's like that model y and the macan is in some ways like the Model Y, and yeah. I'm not even talking about the EV one. I'm talking about basic shape, <laughs> basic usage, like we already established okay. at the top yeah, of the yeah. podcast. So anyway, so the Macan is good, but I want to get you away from that. I, I I see your Alpha Julia Ti Sport. I do like that, but you know what? I'm I'm baffled by forty grand, Michael. You can get a quadrifolio. The bottom of the quadrifolio market, the bottom of the quadrifolio market is $40,000. Like is it 38 really? to 42 are the ones from 2018, 2019. Okay, so you we get arrive a at this one.
1: time. What kind mm-hmm. of mileage are you finding?
0: Uh, I've got one here in front of me, uh, 50,000 miles for thirty nine i have got another one on Auto Tempest right here, uh, 44 grand for 16,000 miles for a 2017. Oh, that's good. Uh, yeah, exactly. And a 2018 for, with 31,000. I mean, they're not, okay, so they're low, not low. high miles. They're not high miles. And I think that Ooh. is a much more interesting car. Since this is not going to be a commute vehicle, then this is your fun car. You want the quadrifolio. You just do. You want the quad portfolio. The engine yeah. is worth it. The transmission is worth it. That is the car to get. You want the and moose panels. Going, you, the moose yes, antlers. you do. You want the moose antlers. You, it's going to be a great alt to your Model Y. So, if you're really shopping the Julia, I think that's the way to go. I also have to bring this up. I don't know how used is okay. I mean, how far back you want to go, but Panameras. If you go far enough back, you can get a Panamera for 40 grand. Can you really? Now that may be older than you would like to have. Okay, because again, I'm talking Quadrifolios 2017, 2018, 2019, which is not that old, okay? The Panamera is going to be older than that for 40 grand, so that concerns me a little bit. And then I have a wild card. Okay, good. You want a executive flashy badge, automatic, good to drive, is around $40,000. Mm-hmm. You can actually get one and your wife will enjoy it and it'll do like hauling duties if need be. You know what works here? Acura, you and Acura, I'm going there as well. The TLX Type S. You can, can you get, get those. Type S's you for 40? You can get used ones for 40 grand. Oh, that Michael, get the TLX. That is a, get a phenomenal TLX. car. Now, oh, here's forget the thing. Integra. If here's you can get thing.
1: that for 40, forget the we Integra. We
0: have complained about the lack of backseat space. If you're not trees like us, it's a perfectly acceptable family car. And it isn't going to be your primary family car. That's, That's why true. you have the Model Y. So the fact that we're we're talking about not great back seats, here's the thing, the Julia has better back seats than the TLX, but not worldly so, not hugely so, okay? So the the TLX type S is unique. You don't see very many of them, they're phenomenal to drive all wheel drive, great transmission. I think the TLX Type S is a really serious wildcard contender. If I had to give you top two, Michael, it's the TLX Type S or use Quadrifolio. Get away from the feel of the Model Y. Have that and something totally different.
1: Oh, I like that. Even if you have to bring a little bit more money, I think it's absolutely worth it. Michael, forget what I said. Don't get the Integra.
0: (laughs) I mean, I still like my super idea because it's fun and flashy. No, no, I I do like that a lot. It's kind of
1: interesting. But I do like the Acura idea, the Type S. If you can genuinely do it, even if it's forty five, I didn't find still say it's lot, worth it.
0: But they are out there. They are out there. Oh, because the problem is look hard. here's the thing. Acura doesn't have a whole lot of first buyers. Acura has almost no second buyers, just as a brand. People don't think Acura uh-huh. when they shop used cars. And so they Which almost they should absolutely. So they almost always are undervalued, not because of how they'll run or how good they are, but people that's just not a second car buyer. Yeah. Holy cow.
1: All right, Michael, you've got some driving and shopping to do. We wish you all the best in your sleuthing. Write to us if you've got a debate just like Michael and Sarah. EverydayDriverTV at gmail.com for all your Topic Tuesdays, your car debates, and your car conclusions. We're very excited to announce a new partnership with Battery Tender. If you park your car for any length of time, you need it to start. The last thing you want to hear is the labored whine of a dead battery. That's why you need a Battery Tender battery charger to properly maintain the battery in your vehicle to give it long life and quick starts every time. We're already customers. We use Battery Tender battery chargers on all of our cars year-round and
0: especially through the snowy winter months of Park City. Since 1965, Deltran Battery Tender has been the leader in battery chargers. Their BTP microprocessor technology and quick connect convenience automatically maintains the batteries in all your vehicles, lead acid, AGM, or lithium. Keep all your batteries in top condition. Visit BatteryTender.com and find the right product for you, including battery chargers, jump starters, inverters, and more. Plus, as our listeners, you can use the code every day to get 10% off your order at BatteryTender.com.
1: Lewis is in California. He's writing to us after listening for years, Lewis, thank you so much. Yeah,
0: thanks for being with us, man.
1: We've kept you company on long drives and commutes and we enjoy dropping car no- We we enjoy getting car knowledge dropped on us. Yeah, he
0: says we drop it on him. I'm I'm glad cuz you know, <laughs> we're always learning as well. Yeah.
1: Lewis recently moved to California but finds himself several hours, oh, within California. Sorry. He, yeah,
0: he moved to somewhere else in California. In California. Mm-hmm.
1: He now finds himself several hours from the nearest track and he left behind that the car enthusiast friends that he had made. But he can't complain about the new city, and luckily he's got an existing friend group in his new spot. Good. But he's now the only enthusiast that he knows, and track access is more inaccessible than ever. He realized that about six months in, he was not really driving on track or the killer canyons that he used to have at mm. his disposal. His previous garage included a base 996 911 as the daily and a built 987 Cayman for the track. Mm, interesting. Okay. Oh, wow. Since they've moved and realizing his circumstances, he sold both cars and gave his wife's car to his sister. Okay. So that means they now own a 2020 Lexus ES300H, which is his wife's, Mm -hmm. and a 2024 Honda Civic EXL hatchback. His commute's only seven miles, so he doesn't really need much. The intent was to use the Lexus for comfortable long-haul trips and the Civic to putz around town in
0: relative comfort and no worries. I see all of this, but I also see what we're building toward. (laughs) This is, a guy that, yeah, this is a guy who had a 996 911 as a daily and a 987 came in for the track, and he has none of the above. And he says, as you can imagine, he is now itching for something interesting to drive. He mm. said he's owned a lot of cool stuff, an E46 BMW, an E90 M3, and S2000. A, <laughs> the, good, the good ones. <laughs> uh, yes, an <laughs> NC2 Miata, multiple Porsches, an older Civic Si. He's had a lot of stuff that he's thoroughly enjoyed. So he says, okay, with where he is in life, mm-hmm. And his need for a fun car, he realizes, I don't really need like a focused sports, sports car. But he has no fun driving in his life. So what he thinks he needs is a grand touring car. Mm. He's not going to be driving at like mm. track 10 tenths. So, what's a really good back road cruiser he's not going to dislike while he's enjoying it? He said it'd be great to be a convertible. It's just not a dedicated sports car, something he and his wife can enjoy top down. He's thinking about Pacific Coast highway drives at sunset. Now, that is awesome, by That's the pretty way. Awesome. That is fantastic. <laughs> and you're right. We have driven a few cars. I remember the um, Alpha 4C. Oh, yeah. In yeah. Spider. spider form. Yeah. The best drive I've ever had in that car was on PCH, driving it like seven tenths. That, that was, is a great That drive. was like, that, that's that, that's the, special, the car is perfect in that yeah. moment. But I've driven it on track and been like, I, I'd like something else, please. So you want, you want to, and I'm not suggesting the Four a Grand Tour. I'm just saying this is the kind of experience yeah. you want. Yeah. It can be manual or automatic. He's leaning toward a beefy V8 or maybe even a V12. He loves wow. Porsches, but he thinks it's time for a new experience, even if that means it's a more flawed car. I love that. The budget that
1: Lewis has is $100,000. Wow. He can spend less or he can spend more. He's looking at me.
0: Uh-oh. Uh-oh. you Wait, 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 wait. So you said $100,000 on a sliding scale and you came to Paul? Words you don't want wow. to say. Okay.
1: He says new or used, and so far he's considered the LC500. Todd, you recommend that car a lot. I. That would be perfect. This
0: is perfect for what we're talking the cab about. I was so the glad he thought of that he said he he drove it he loved the sound and the quality It's a bit ponderous. This is not a sharp car. It's not. It's not a sharp car. It's like driving a spoon. But (laughs) 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 Surprisingly, I would have worked that into review. Surprisingly spoon-like. But Grand Touring equivalent of a spoon. But (laughs) It's very good. But as I've said before, I think the average person that has, I'm going to spell it out again, the average person that has never bought a sports car and has dreamed about owning a Corvette, my father is a great example, never owned a sports car, and gets to that part later in life where they can afford a Corvette, should probably buy an LC500 because the car they want is the LC500. But anyway, he drove that. He thought it was a bit ponderous. I see that. He said he liked the F-Type. It was a little more on the sporty side. He has driven the DB11, the Vantage, the current Z4. He said he drove it, and it was really surprising but a little too sterile for him. He also drove the C7 and the C8 Corvette, so last of the front engine, first of the mid-engine Corvettes. He said he does not like the C8 styling, but he was pleasantly surprised He's done like the C8 styling. He C8 was pleasantly styling, surprised yeah. by the C7 because he's never been a Corvette guy, but he drove that C7 and went,
1: huh? Interesting. Well, Lewis also says this dark horse in the room, hopefully it's not a dark horse, Yes, is a Bronco Raptor. Wait, what? It makes no sense. It doesn't, yes. Lewis admits that it makes no sense. He doesn't need an SUV. He's never even owned one. It's a big, <laughs> stupid car that's shockingly fun. And in his new location, he does have easy access to a lot of trails and outdoorsy type of places, which he could convince himself to get into. <laughs>
0: so I have to side note here. So there was a recent conversation on our Discord. If, you, if you're if you one of our patrons, it's really cool. You get instant access to our Discord community. It's a bunch of great people, and they have car debates and discussions all the time that have nothing to do with you and I. You and I pop in on these discussions, but whenever I pop in, I can't believe how much conversation has happened since we've been gone. There was a recent conversation on the Discord about overlanding vehicles. And one of the things that was brought up, I want to bring it up here for Lewis, and that is people were saying, and I, and I honestly, it's anecdotal, but I've had the exact same experience, that most of the overlanding vehicles they've ever seen are on roads that your average stock Subaru would do fine. <laughs> that's, that's just, you know, so you're going to buy the Brilliant. Bronco Raptor, which is essentially designed for fast desert running and you don't care. And you might, Mm -hmm. I want want to stress this, you might use it on off-road trails near you. You haven't ever been an off-road guy. Maybe you'd try it. I want to really set the stage here. I'll totally
1: change my life for you, Braptor. (laughs) We're dating a Braptor. Ooh, swipe on that one. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Louis, if we're talking about things that don't make sense, why not like a Cybertruck or something? Like mm. that? I mean, if we're gonna go absurd, let's let's go nuts, right? I see your Aston Vantage convertible. I like that you drove the F-type convertible. I it's weird that it's more on the sporting side, but my friend, you are right in the sweet spot for the market of the Mercedes-Benz SL. Oh, okay, all right. This is what the SL has catered to for mm, mm. fifty million years. <laughs>
0: Since the dawn of the world, since cars were the conceived, Mercedes SL, the Got Mercedes it, like SL it, yeah. has
1: been the grand tour. Like this AMG SL 43, mm-hmm. you can go get one. Call your local Mercedes dealer. I bet you they have the 43s and the 55s and the 63s in stock. 43s start at like just over 100 grand, but you know maybe you you said new or used, and you might want to spend a little bit more, but. I'm thinking of your road trips with your wife. I'm mm-hmm, not just thinking mm-hmm. about yeah, you because, yeah, yeah. you know, you've also owned a track prepped Cayman. You've yep. done the hardcore thing. You said this is not an, even a nine tenths car. This is just top down. We're good. You want to hear the engine note. You want to do the PCH thing. I'm wondering if the SL, the, the recipe that the SL is, is pretty much Pacific Coast Highway <laughs> on a sunny day. Like, sure, that's sure. the design brief in Stuttgart. Pacific Coast Highway on a sunny day.
0: Oh, SL. <laughs> we're gonna take a company trip from Stuttgart to Pacific Coast Highway, and we're gonna go, ah, I see what we're doing. Got it.
1: But since you you brought up the Braptor and okay. we're gonna get nuts, my wild card starts with Mazer and ends with Adi.
0: <laughs> okay. Which one? Where are we going?
1: Everyone is laughing, mm-hmm. but you need to at least drive a new Gran Turismo. Hmm. Our review is coming shortly. Yes. We drove the new one. It was the Trofeo version. There's two versions,
0: mm-hmm.
1: Modena and Trofeo. Modena doesn't cost quite as much. It's slightly detuned, but it's still the Natuno engine. It's yes, still a twin turbo yes. V6. Mm-hmm. Yep. It does sound really great. I mean, Maserati knows how to make a car sound great. V6s don't sound great. They don't sound like V12s or, or V8s. True, true,
0: true. But it
1: still sounds really good for a V6. Your design brief here, Lewis, is a Maserati Gran Turismo. And I think maybe in the Modena version, it's still close to 500 horsepower dealers actually might want to work with you. I'm wondering if you walk in and you want a test drive and you're kind of serious, they've got Modenas on the lot. Trofeos are a little bit more difficult mm-hmm, to find. Mm-hmm. They've got a lot more power. We drove the Trofeo version and you know what? It didn't drive like a big heavy beast. I was very surprised, actually. It was light, it was nimble. I know it's not a convertible, so it it Doesn't really work. It doesn't. Mm -hmm. But I'm wondering if you would just at least experience the new Maserati. And then you own something exotic. You own Mm. something like, you know Mm. what? We should take the Maserati. Let's take the (laughs) Maserati. I've been on a Maserati kick for a while because we've driven them all lately. But still, I'm just wondering if you at least entertain it. Because even though I like an SL for you, it seems like, the obvious choice. It just seems like, yeah, okay. we got an SL and it's good. And I like it and it's fine, but I don't have this like fire in my belly that I need to go <laughs> drive. But again, this is not the car that you, you take to the track. You, you're not, no, of course and you not. said yeah. that. So yeah, yeah. it is grand Turismo. I mean, it's in the name, <laughs> grand Turismo. You want a GT car. It's in
0: the name. You're right. We, we did <laughs> it for you. Here it does is. Yep. all
1: the things that you're yep. listing, except it's not a convertible. So I guess it's out.
0: Okay, I good stuff there. I'm gonna jump off of the Mercedes idea and go right here because uh, Louis, <clears throat> Mercedes GT also oh. comes in convertible.
1: Well, yes, I
0: like it better than the SL. They are out there. You can get them in your budget. I'm looking at a 2019. Unfortunately, it's like a white silver, which I don't love. But a 2019 Mercedes-Benz AMG GT Roadster for eighty-one thousand dollars.
1: Ooh. And that's
0: just one example, okay? That's got the really good 4-liter four, four V8 in it, and it's a, it, that is one of my favorite Mercedes in a long, long time. The GT in any form has presence. That is special. You can get it in convertible, so decide if convertible is important or not. I think it is mostly important, but my point is it comes either way. Anytime I see a Mercedes-AMG GT in any spec, it turns my head.
1: Oh, that's the better. That's the better car to go
0: after. Every time yeah, I see one, I'm yeah. like, those are just cool. And they sound delightful. They sound great. I think the Mercedes-Benz AMG GT is the best of the Porsche 911 alts. Because Agreed. Because pe- people typically Agreed. buy the 911. You've had 911s, they yeah. buy the 911. If you're looking for something for the reason most people buy 911s, I realize you can track them. I realize you can make them beasts. I realize you can drive. We've driven it the GT3 RS, and it's a track monster. The average person buying a 911 is an executive who's treating themselves or somebody later in life mm-hmm. that's getting a car, they're really not going to track their 911. Mm-hmm, yeah. If you're that buyer, the best alt being sold is the Mercedes GT. That's so really that's one out there.
1: And they're well priced. I mean, for what for the market Mm -hmm. that you're in, they're well priced. They're they're I like the LC
0: five hundred for you, even though I understand it's not as as good to drive as you would like it to be. I do get that. I am going to say because (laughs) you like the spoon of the automotive world, (laughs) auto spoon. Anyway, because you like the C seven, I'm going to say it to you: the Corvette C seven. Grand Sport, one of the last couple of years of that car. I will say this to you. I'm not a guy that typically thinks, I'd like to own a Corvette. I mean, I realize the show oh, has one right he now. He wasn't a Corvette guy. He's not he, much of a He's before. not, but he was surprised by the C7. And I'm telling you right now, a properly specced C7 Grand Sport is a fantastic car. You could get it convertible. But I'm talking about the Target Top C7. Mm-hmm. Enjoy that. That is a really good option there. I think that's out there. Audi R8. AUDI R8 AUDI R8 pick your flavor V8 which has got, which I like the V8 personally but the V10 is a little more exotic you can obviously get that in convertible that's a very good one my favorite for you of cars you didn't expect that I think checks every single box for you, you kind of mentioned it in passing and then went by it but I think we need to stop there for a second Aston Martin Vantage V12 in convertible form. Yeah, he drove the DB11. I have found, he said you just mentioned the Vantage in passing, and then later in your email said maybe a V12. Converge those two. You can get, there's found a couple on Auto Tempest right now, you can get an Aston Martin Vantage V12 Roadster. That is a car that is never coming back. That is the smaller Aston with the big, angry, wonderful sounding V12 in convertible form. That should definitely be considered. And then I have one wild card. Mm. And it's a wild card because it's not a convertible. But it's also not a car that you're going to see coming and going. And I think you would love it in GT form. I wonder if it might head toward the LC500 where you're impressed, but you wish it was a little sharper. But that is the updated, recent, just finished selling it, Acura NSX. Interesting. I think for the top-down fun, you want Mercedes GT, Audi R8, or the Vantage V12. But the Acura NSX is out there. The NSX is like the spork. (laughs)
1: It's a little bit sharper spoon with some pointy bits. Yes. Is it Uh not? Yeah. The NSX. Worth a drive. Lewis, you've got a lot of driving to do. You've got a plan forming. I can feel it. Mm -hmm. Please let us know what you end up buying, what strikes you, and what doesn't. and, And list your reasons. We love hearing car conclusions. We had an email from Zach D. He's got a couple of questions. He was looking for another
0: uh, podcast episode. Todd, I think it was you and Chance. Yeah, we need to find that one for him. He was we asking about to, a back catalog to, uh, episode.
1: So look for that.
0: We'll have to dig that up. But the, the, question, the second question that he has is almost a topic Tuesday. This is a fascinating podcast real quick. Yeah. yeah.
1: He said, it's kind of mental health related. Hmm. Zach was wondering if there's a car out there that he could get that would make someone feel better about the situation that someone is in and one that would last and not wear off. I don't think we've ever been asked that question before, Zach. Yeah, Zach, this is interesting. I mean, as much as we love cars and as much as you do forget about kind of everything, when you're driving something fun and you're focused on the car and it's a great day and Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. everything's perfect, things are gelling. Yeah, yeah, sure. uh The tires are good, the road's warm, the top's down, or the sports car is right, the sound Mm -hmm, is good, mm -hmm. and the road is curvy. The, the recipe is good. Yeah. Yeah, you, yeah, you tend to forget about things. But you know what? Ultimately, it's still just an object. I don't know yeah. that there's any car. I mean, there's long-term cars that we love, and we, mm-hmm. you know, we'll always have them in our lives. But I don't know that any car in particular can actually do what you're asking.
0: I, I think my problem here, Zach, I agree with Paul. My problem here, Zach, is I think you're putting a lot of pressure on the car, and it's going to fail you. That's my concern. Mm -hmm. The the car is a fan. We talk about all the time. The car is a fantastic escape in the same way that a really good movie is an escape. Okay. You can be, I've had this happen. Granted, I'm a movie geek. I can be in a terrible mood. I can be in a tired mood, whatever. I can watch a movie that's one of my all time favorites and just vanish into it for a while. Mm. I'm stressed, mm-hmm. I'm frustrated, whatever. I'm just Whether gonna, or not you've seen it before. Though, I'm just right? going to vanish into this movie for a while because that experience is just, it's an escape. But the reality is the credits roll, or you park the car in this case, and you it was an escape. You're now back to that reality. The, and I don't know your situation. You haven't gone into detail on it, but I am going to say right up front, and other people have said this, but I need to say it. If you need therapy, get therapy. Absolutely. BetterHelp is one way and they are not sponsoring this. BetterHelp is a great website. There's plenty of places you can dig up really good therapists. Find a therapist. There has been for the longest time a stigma about therapy. Mm-hmm. That is irrelevant. Mm-hmm. I, my wife and I had great marital therapy before we got married. We've had some since we've been married. I have tons of people that, have, that I know that have gotten therapy for all kinds of things. It is genuinely helpful. So if you need and, and it feels it feels weird to pay someone to hear about your struggles it it feels weird sure isn't that what friends are for isn't that why you have friends that that's the discussion but be, but these are professionals and they can be very helpful so so think about therapy but also consider the fact that whatever car you get it's also the life experience in that car i think that also ultimately is more important than the car get Agreed. something where Agreed. it's it may not be perfect but you're going to be able to enjoy this experience regularly because you have that car you're i'm just from our prior uh Debate we had. You get to drive the PCH a lot, but the car's not perfect. But you're driving on PCH. (laughs) Exactly. Okay. That's going to be okay. Dang this motorhome on PCH. I I don't want you to get a car that you feel like is perfect, but then you realize that all you do is sit in traffic in it because you're going to hate that car before very long. So I I want you to balance these things out. Ultimately, what we're saying is the car can't fix it. The car can offer respite, Mm -hmm. but it can't fix And then I also think because we all have this terrible car disease. You have a car for a while and you do kind of get over it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Whatever it is. Sure. I mean, as much as I like my Lotus Elise and I like it and I love every time I get to drive it, I still drive other things and go, should I get this? Yeah. It never ends.
1: It never ends. It doesn't. And Zach, there is no material object that can bring you happiness in life. Mm -hmm. No, I'll say that can bring you deep joy. Mm -hmm. Things can bring you happiness at certain moments in time. Mm. And I will tell you, Zach, that my grandfather lived to age 102, and something that my whole family noticed for his whole life was that he always had something on the calendar at least six months out. Mm. A little thing he was traveling to. Mm. Yeah, that's right. I'm going to a board yeah, meeting. He was right. on yep. the board of so many things as a retired man. But he's like, oh, yeah, I've got that meeting. And you know what? I'm going to stop here and see friends over there. And he always had a trip planned, mm. something to look forward to. So how could you tie that to cars? You know what? It isn't about the car. As Todd said, it's about the experience because it's a bit of an escape. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Could you plan Three or four experiences throughout the year that you've got mm-hmm. something on the calendar to look forward to. I can't wait. We're yeah. looking forward to yeah. that. And then when Agreed. we get back, okay, we've had that trip. And you know what? The next one's in four months. I can't wait because <laughs> we're going here to a new place and yeah. we're renting a car from somewhere. It doesn't matter what it is at that point. It's just you're mm. enjoying the experience in a car. That's what I think could actually start towards alleviating what you're asking for. But again, there's not a material object on the planet that can bring you deep seated joy in your life. Mm. And as Todd said, definitely a therapist can help in that area.
0: Thank you as always for all of your questions on social media. And uh, we hope you're enjoying the absurd, uh, Engine revving short that Paul posted, and there are more shorts coming related to the Dark Horse. Paul did some Paul did some really good ideas for shorts on this piece, so we've recorded a few. Plus, we've got some standard ones coming as well. So that is all coming to help advertise this uh, Nismo Dark Horse Super piece that just drops today. So that's going on. I'm going to start with Facebook, Seth Kleinman. He's not really asking a question, but he kind of is. He says, "Can somebody please tell Auto Tempest to stop including dual clutch transmissions or PDK cars in his search for manual transmission vehicles?" And I hear you, Seth, but I'm going to pivot. And that is, this is not Auto Tempest's fault. This is the person putting in the submission that says, well, it's a shiftable automatic, so it's a manual. Yeah. No, it's not. (laughs) I guarantee you, If I, I wish that Auto Tempest had some sort of thing where they could run the filter and be like, no, it isn't. But the, They should the, like but, scrape the interior photo and be like, oh, I see three pedals. <laughs> yeah, don't we have AI to do this now? <laughs> yes. Don't we have AI to be like, there's only two pedals there. I'm sorry, this is not, an, <laughs> exactly. this is not a manual. The, the problem is the person putting it in, and I hate how many people hear the word manually shiftable automatic and go, well, that just means manual transmission.
1: Oh, gosh. Jake's on a plane on Instagram says, Apple's electric car has been delayed. Again. Since Apple has, well, I guess all the money.
0: I think they do have all the money. They, they've got all the money, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Jake doubts funding is the issue. So other than money, what do we think is the biggest barrier when trying to bring a car to market? Well, you know, I actually, Jake, I kind of ran into this very thing towards the end of my Autodesk career when we started having at various automotive industry events. Mm-hmm. People from Apple showed up. Oh. And we're like, uh-huh, you're welcome mm-hmm, here. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about interior design and exterior styling. We'll talk about the tools used for professional car designers. And the people from Apple are here. And every time we cornered them, they were like, we make iPhones. I'm like, uh-huh, <laughs> sure you don't. <laughs> but ever since Steve Jobs passed, I feel like Apple has kind of struggled in the innovation department. Mm-hmm. Steve was a magician. Yeah, But yeah. ever since then, I feel like, each incremental, like it's been, okay, it's kind of the same, you know, new chip, new mm-hmm. upgrades. Sure, sure. But massive innovation. And that's what I think Apple wants to do. Because when they enter a market like this, a market they don't exist in currently, Yeah. yeah. think about all the hurdles. How are you going to sell it? Where do you service it?
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Who's our customer? Is it just everybody who already owns an iPhone and an iMac mm-hmm, and all that stuff? Mm-hmm. But you should go read James Dyson's experience with trying to bring a car to market. Oh, that's good. Because that's James good. is an incredible product designer mm-hmm. and inventor. Mm-hmm. The man is brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. And he tried to found a car company. Yep. Spent over 600 million dollars of his own money. Yep. And decided to close up shop. He yep. stopped yep. doing it because of all the the st- What he found that he wanted, the standards he wanted to meet, couldn't be done for the goals and the budget that he also wanted to meet over here. One had to give and he shut it down after spending more than $600 million for it to go nowhere. Mm -hmm. I know that people of Apple have realized this and gone, "Hmm, let's not do that. If we're going to do this, it's going to take a while. Yeah. It's not a money thing. It wasn't for James Dyson. Yeah, He's got plenty of money, but it's def- redefining the entire brand. If you're going to do something like a car, this redefines everything that everybody knows about pretty much like the world's second or third most valuable company.
0: Excellent point. And also, it is a much bigger pivot than the phone was. On the surface, yesterday Apple was a computer company. Today it's a phone company. On the surface. But then when you drill down... They've made a mini computer for your pocket. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, it is the same business. It's mm-hmm. it's a new mm-hmm. usage, but it's the same this, business. Just drives like my iPhone. Seriously, Wait. yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> why is it? That? Oh, that's why. But but we've talked about this before. Cars, because of the safety reality, because of the all of the things about the fact that they move and move people in them, Yeah, there are so many other safety concerns that are a complete and utter pivot from anything related to software and computing. You don't
1: have to package people in an iPhone.
0: You don't. There's no pinch points. There's no pinch points. And <laughs> and and if you throw your iPhone across the room, unless you hit somebody else in the office, no one's injured, okay? So so there's a lot of that, that kind of stuff. And then you also brought up this point, Paul, and I think it's excellent and can't be overstated. When they entered the phone market, they entered the phone market with a revolutionary product. Yes. So the expectation is, if you're going to bring out a car, it needs to be a revolution. And you can yes. see how much of a revolution, truly, Tesla was to the market. But Apple has to be that much and more to be Apple releasing a car. Yeah. And if they release a car that's like, a, well, yeah, but you know what? Uh, Kia makes a better EV than that, and, and Teslas are far superior. Yes. That's a fail. Yeah. So on on the other level, when you think about it, they print money off of iPhones. Mm-hmm. So why not keep printing money? I
1: mean, Just think of the the charging network because it'll probably be a VE-V. everything.
0: Yes. Uh huh.
1: Yeah, the for dealership. Sure. I mean, will Apple stores like will you buy, order? <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, your delivery? your your iCars around back. Yes. Uh huh. <laughs> Does, does you the flip ge- it over to plug it in? Does the Genius Bar now work as your mechanic? <laughs> oh, oh, that's a terrible idea, isn't it? The genius
1: Bar employees are going to have to become car nerds. Oh
0: man, that's they already aren't. That's horrifying.
1: The ramifications are endless. I, there's, you know, all of the this stuff has to be brought up, mm-hmm. and then there's the mood board. We haven't even gotten to
0: the mood board no, yet. We, we don't even know what what. <laughs> Shape and color of khaki pants and beanie the guy wears that buys our car. We have no idea. What kind of guitar does he play? Is it a six-string or a 12-string? I don't even know. Who knows? Which version of Kumbaya does he sing by the fire? We have questions.
1: I'm just saying. (laughs) These are important. Eddie Murphy on Facebook asks, how much do we think manufacturers pay attention to car journalists? Hmm. As the journalists are rating and driving current cars on market manufacturers are years ahead on the next product. You're right, but even though a car is out there and on the market, that doesn't mean development has stopped. Agreed. There's still new models, there's still changes being made, hence the Cadillac CT5 Blackwing with the new screen. True. Same car, but they've Mm -hmm. introduced to get more sales, to juice the sales out of it. Mm -hmm. Well, we've got a new interior. Old Blackwing owners are furious, but maybe they'll upgrade. (laughs) They do still have a Blackwing though, which is good. I do think that manufacturers would never tell us Mm -hmm. and I know they do, but they're never going to say, well, We listen to everybody because, man, these people, it's like free product testing.
0: True. There's an entire Mm -hmm.
1: channel. There's an entire website full of channels doing product testing for all of our cars. And they would probably pay attention to a lot of it and secretly take that to heart because those reviews are not just relevant for the current model, as you said. They're still relevant for, oh, so that's what they're looking for in sports cars. Oh, so that's what they're looking for in a truck.
0: Agreed. Agreed.
1: So SUVs need to do blank. We should keep that in mind on this new model that we're developing that Mm -hmm. isn't out yet. But if they yeah. admit publicly that they listen to journalists,
0: that would be bad. It's interesting you bring that up They'd because embarrassed. we actually have one direct example of this happening that speaks to everything Paul's saying. I, I do think that they are paying attention because they watch the pitfalls of others. <laughs> I think they do. They watch pitfalls <laughs> well, of others. Well that guy fell in. And I <laughs> Let's also think but that. I also <laughs> think that manufacturers are paying attention not just to car jur- journalists, but to consensus of critique. If car journalists yes. and, the, and the audience are all saying the same thing, I'm going to give you a direct I, I example. I think I know where you're going. Then changes happen. I'll give you a direct example from us personally, and I am not, please, please zoom out. I am not claiming that what Paul and I said was paramount, but Paul and I said when we first drove the last generation Civic Type R, Thank you. it had a slider volume knob. And it was one of the most annoying volumes ever. It wasn't even a knob. It was just this slider thing on the screen. It was awful. It was the same thing on the steering wheel. It was bad. Okay. And we ranted about it. But I need you to understand, so did many other journalists. Mm -hmm. And so did many other consumers. Fast forward a year. We had actually been very nice to the Civic Type R. We liked it. We got a really good review of it with the the, uh, Focus RS. We We were big fans. And fast forward a year. And we got a notice from Honda they wanted to send us a Civic Type R for a test drive. And we said, we've already done a lot of content on this. This, this was this yeah. was our, our press fleet person. Yeah. Like they, Honda wants to do a Civic Type R. We were like, yeah, but we've done a lot of content on that. It's kind of been done. And they said, no, no, no. We've specifically had Honda tell us the everyday driver guys need to drive this. And we were like, Okay, so it showed up <laughs> sure. the next the next model year of the Civic Type R that we'd just done a bunch of content on and we started laughing because it had a volume knob and it was called out in the documentation <laughs> now with a volume you. knob. <laughs> it's not just us, but they were paying attention to the general consensus of this volume idea, not good. And they put a knob in and they wanted people to know. Journalists will discover something and other journalists will
1: hear about it and weigh in.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: And if consensus happens, then yes, they're listening. But if it's I don't like blank or this feels weird or uncomfortable or strange and it's just you're kind of out there by yourself or it's an outlier that won't get much attention. Yeah. But if it's something that, oh, well, so and so said this about it. Oh, we need to look for that when we drive that Mm -hmm. car. We need to look for this this feature. Oh, and we found the same thing. Oh, this is terrible. Or you know what? This drives way better than you think. Yeah. Then that creates a little bit of noise that creates the consensus that creates the, and it's only that that I think manufacturers would maybe admit to. But if I mean, you've got to understand engineers and car enthusiasts, doesn't matter what role you're in, mm-hmm. they're all consuming the same content as all of us.
0: Yeah, true, very they're true. They're all
1: looking at the same magazines, they're watching the same videos, they're looking at the same thing globally. Yep, yep. so they see what well, Range Rover came out with that
0: idiots or <laughs> good know, for them we or, should incorporate man that. why yeah. don't we copy
1: that directly because that is great mm-hmm. you know yep, whatever sure. that is so they they would never admit to that but there's a lot of influence <laughs> evidence
0: exists thomas on facebook says uh he would love to have us do a seminar to at newport rhode island the audrain concourse de elegance thomas a seminar on what <laughs> I mean, please don't misunderstand me. I'm all for it. If, if there's a topic and there's a desire sure. and there's an audience, I'm there. Sure, But I'm seriously going... What on earth do I have to do? What do I have to seminar? Here's my TED Talk. I don't know what the end of that is. Mm. I, I really don't. I do feel like TED Talks are getting a little overdone. Everybody has a TED Talk now. No. I think I could probably sit down and write one. The writer in me would love to write a TED Talk. It'd be very tear-jerking. However, <laughs> my point is, I don't know what our seminar is about. It's got to be budget-related. How to suck more money out of your account... And well, yeah, just, probably it's, it's not only you doing that, but it's justification. Spend, you think you could spend 40 grand on a car, but you need to spend 55, and here's how to tell your spouse. Yes, there's the seminar right there. It's yeah. not about
1: cars, this applies to everything <laughs> in life. Cars. you
0: and the minister of finance. <laughs> yes. A seminar in two parts by everyday driver. Cars yes.
1: are irrelevant. Mitchell Edwards says, Is the reason why people like coupe style SUVs over the standard box shape the same reason that the majority of the population prefers sedans over wagons? Mitchell is waiting for the BMW X65 where the cargo area is completely separate from the cabin <laughs> and inaccessible with a trunk lid and it's essentially just a lifted 5 Series.
0: <laughs> They've come full circle right. now with a lift.
1: Wasn't that weird 5 Series GT Coupe with the two doors, the two different hatches on it? It had a, it had it a weird bad? hatch, yeah. You know, Coupes look better. I mean, wagons look good in wagon form, yeah. but yeah. a giant wagon, a giant... By the way, my insurer... Classifies the expedition as a wagon.
0: Really? Yeah, it says the no, Ford it's not.
1: Expedition wagon. Like it's, it's not. Really re- it's a really wagon. not. Uh huh. It's got the. Wa- I mean, you could see it. It's, it's a, a two wagon box shape.
0: shape. Sure, of course, yeah.
1: So that does look better in smaller car wagon form. Mm-hmm. We do like that. But the coupes of all the SUVs, well, it takes the visual weight out of it. Mm. It makes it look faster, cleaner, sexier, and manufacturers have discovered. Well, gosh, people buy these too, and I guess they're not putting as much stuff in the back as people claimed they were.
0: Yeah, it's it's people wanting I really want a sports car shape, but I think I need to sit up high. And I think that <laughs> yes. is that yes. is that is by the way that's a non-equal sign. There is no equal I, sign. If it needs to look like a sports car, you're going to be looking at the differential of the dually truck in front of you, okay? This is how the <laughs> world the world is supposed to work. I cannot believe this is a thing, and I will continue raging about it, but nobody will listen. Uh, <laughs> the real brochacho <laughs> on Instagram says, "He loves the new Ram trucks." We actually like them too. They check all the boxes for what he's looking for, but he cannot stand the dial shifter it looks like a hockey puck on the dash he can't stand it (laughs) our dial shifter is really that bad does he need to get over himself okay there are a lot of weird shifter ideas going on out there right now we encountered weirdness in the maserati we've encountered weirdness in chevy products yes you have the dial i'm gonna say this to you i'm gonna say this to you gone are the days of the column shifter yeah i drove chevy cars for a long time with a big you know, I, I just can hear it in my head. You, you pull on the, the column shifter. <laughs> Some of the Chevy Silverado pickups hung on to it for a while. I actually think in a pickup truck it feels right. You just you, 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 pull the lever mm-hmm. down. Yeah, mm-hmm. we've shifted. That feels cool. But I understand you can clean it up by removing that. And now that we're all going to uh, transmission shift by wire, we can do our button of choice. Chevy does like extra window switches, which is looks like a bowling ball and is ridiculously <laughs> yeah, inspired bad. Inspired mean, by bowling alleys everywhere. There's a lot of bad ones. I have to say, of all of the modern shifters, the weird shifters that aren't a handle of any kind, I actually think the hockey puck dial that he's talking about is the least bothersome. And I think yeah. you're going to get used to it pretty quickly
1: yeah that's pretty good I mean Ferrari kind of started it I blame Ferrari because they had the (laughs) everybody stopped buying manuals and they're like well why don't we
0: just give you a button and this little T-shaped handle that my Maserati had that little T-shaped handle always looked like a paperclip to me how who (laughs) this big bulky car with a little tiny
1: shifter (laughs) I'm gonna put
0: it in reverse snap seriously dang it yes
1: I have to order the part Uh again stupid thing broke guys thank you for all your questions we really appreciate it we're always looking forward to next time Write to us, Everyday Driver TV, for all your comments, your questions. Love hearing from you guys. Really appreciate it. Cheers, everyone.